the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Saul was persecuting the church, and Jesus said, hey, why are you persecuting me? Because when you persecute the church, you're really persecuting Jesus. When you criticize, stay with me, when you criticize the church, you're really criticizing Jesus. When you're unfaithful to the church, you know who you're really unfaithful to? You're unfaithful to Jesus. You say, well, how can that be? Because we're the bride of Christ. He's the groom, the groom and the bride. The groom, Jesus, the bride, the church, and the groom and the bride are one. Good evening, I'm Kyle Welch, and welcome to Lift Up Jesus with Pastor Dudley. We are here every night at this time on KKLA to share the good news of Jesus Christ and to lift up His name to the entire city of Los Angeles. No matter if you are listening tonight from your car or at home or in your place of work, we believe that tonight's sermon from Pastor Dudley will be a blessing to all our listeners. So if you can, get out your Bibles and let's join Pastor Dudley right now with tonight's message. The book of Acts is a history of the church in the first century. The book of Acts is the first book the first book after the resurrection. And I'm going to talk uh, to you about four events, four missionary journeys, four cities, and four truths. Now, how many of you think I can do that in about 35 minutes? Raise your hand if you think I can do that. Well, at least I know who my friends are. <laughs> Event number one was when Stephen is stoned. He's the first Christian to ever be martyred for his faith. And event number two is when Saul was standing there giving approval to Stephen being stoned. I want you to take your Bibles and turn to the end of chapter 7. And you're going to read event number one, the stoning of Stephen. Verse 57, it says, At this they covered their ears and yelling at the top of their voices. Uh, They simply did not want to hear what Stephen had to say because Stephen was preaching a sermon. And so they all rushed at him. Verse 58, dragging him out of the city. This is the first guy who ever died for his faith. They began to what? What's the Bible say? Stone him. And meanwhile, the witnesses laid their clothes at the feet of a young man. And what was the young man's name? Saul. Now, you got to picture this scene. Saul's over there. He's a young man. He's standing over there, and he's watching. And you know, when you pick up rocks, and you're going to really work hard, I mean, you can't, you, mean, you got to throw a lot of rocks to, you know, to, to, to kill someone. They're stoning him. You got to take your coat off and stuff. And so, it's like, hey, will you watch my stuff? Because I don't think bad, bad, bad happened to my stuff. And so, the Bible says they took their, their clothes. They laid them at the feet of Saul. That's what that verse says, as they were stoning Stephen. Verse 59, while they were stoning him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. 
And he fell on his knees and he cried, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And when he had said this, he fell asleep, which means that he died. And look at chapter 8, verse 1. This is event number 2. Saul was there giving approval to his what? To his death, which means he's over there. Oh, this is good. This is good. It's good that this guy's being killed. He gave him a thumbs up. He gave him a nod. He gave him a wink. Hey, guys, I'll watch your stuff. This is great that we're getting rid of these Christians. And that leads us to event number three. Write this down. The Bible says on that day. What day is that? The day that Stephen was stoned. On that day, a great persecution, not just a persecution, a great persecution broke out against the church at Jerusalem. And all except the apostles, in other words, all the believers in Jerusalem, they were scattered. Everyone say scattered. And they went throughout all Judea. They went through all Samaria. And if you look down at chapter 8, verse 4, it says that those who had been scattered preached what? They preached wherever they were scattered to. And so we looked at a little bit last week in our series, there's an upper story and a lower story. The In the lower story, everything looks bad. The only Christians we've got now are being killed, and now they're being scattered. It looks bad. But God's got an upper story. And in the upper story, those that were scattered continued to be faithful in spite of the persecution. They continued to preach wherever they went. So what happened, the church, instead of just being in Jerusalem... Uh, it, it was kick-started all over that part of the world. And then we come to event number four. Saul, this guy that was standing over here giving approval, guess what happens to him? He gets saved. Why? This, I mean, this, this is really unbelievable. The guy that was watching the, the clothes, nodding, applauding, giving a thumbs up, approving of Christians being killed... He actually gets converted, and his name is changed from Saul to Paul. It becomes perhaps the most pivotal moment in the entire Bible besides the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And the greatest persecutor of the church becomes the greatest promoter of the church. It's really unbelievable. I want you to turn over to Acts chapter 9. I want to read a little bit. I wish I had time to read you the whole conversion story, but I'll just read you the first few verses and then uh, later today or tomorrow you can sit down and read the whole conversion experience. Acts chapter 9, you should put a big star there because this is, this is an amazing story. In Acts chapter 9 verse 1 it says, meanwhile Saul was, was breathing out murderous threats. What does that mean? That means that he was saying to people, Hey, if you continue to follow Christ, I'm going I'm to have you killed. You remember, hey, you, I was there with Stephen. I, we took care of Stephen. We can take care of you. That's what that means. He continued to breathe out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He goes to the high priest in verse 2. It says that he asked the high priest for letters to the synagogues in Damascus so that if he found anyone who belonged to the way in Damascus, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. Now, here's what happened. You see, they were in Jerusalem, and when the persecution came, they fled. And way up, here's, here's, here's on a map, here's Jerusalem, way north. I mean, way up there in Syria is, is Damascus. 
Why would he want to go up there? Because he was chasing these Christians, the ones that had scattered. He was going after them. So he goes to Jerusalem, and he goes to the high priest, and he says, hey, I need some letters so I can go up there to the synagogues. And uh, I actually have a photograph of what's called the Damascus Gate. This gate, there's gates all the way around uh, Jerusalem, and this gate is on the northern edge, and it's called, guess what it's called? It's called the Damascus Gate. And, and the reason it's called the Damascus Gate is because when you leave Jerusalem, when you leave Jerusalem and you want to go to Damascus, you've got to go out the northern gate. And so you go through what's called the Damascus Gate because the Damascus Road, the road that led from Damascus to Jerusalem, and it was on that road that Paul traveled. He went through, that, he went through the gates and traveled north up to Damascus chasing Christians. Now look at verse 3. I, I, God waited till he almost got there. He's probably thinking, all right, I'm almost here. I've been waiting for this moment. <laughs> you have ever, ever been on a trip? It's like, man, I can't wait to get there. And I say, he's almost there. Oh, the, the Lord had different plans for him, though. Because the Bible says in verse 3 that on his journey, this bright light shone down from heaven, totally blinded him. And verse 4 says that he falls to the ground. He can't see anything. And he hears this voice from above that says, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting who? me, he says. Saul thought he was persecuting the church. He says, why are you, why are you persecuting me? And he says in verse 5, he can't see it. Who, who are you? He's going, who are you? Who is this? And he, the voice says, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. And I have to point this out. Whenever you're persecuting the church, you're persecuting Jesus. Saul was persecuting the church, and Jesus said, hey, why are you persecuting me? Because when you persecute the church, you're really persecuting Jesus. When you criticize, stay with me, when you criticize the church, you're really criticizing Jesus. When you're unfaithful to the church, you know who you're really unfaithful to? You're unfaithful to Jesus. You say, well, how can that be? Because we're the bride of Christ. He's the groom, the groom and the bride. The groom Jesus, the bride, the church, and the groom and the bride are one. And that's why Jesus said, why are you persecuting me? And so notice verse 6. He says, get up, and I want you to go into the city, and you will be told there what you must do. And you can read the rest of it uh, where he is baptized, and he is fully, fully converted to Christianity. And then God has a plan. And I just want you to know Uh, that whenever you get converted, whenever you become a Christian, God's got a plan for you. You don't, God God never ever saved you so you could come and sit in a chair. Oh, I'm so glad you could sit there in a chair. I'm so proud of you. Uh, We, we all, this whole story, we have the whole Bible, the whole story and all this, so you could get saved and sit in a chair. No. Once you get saved, God's got a plan for you too. He said, get up, we'll tell you what to do next. And when you get saved, God's got a plan for you. Can someone say amen uh, uh, to that? And the rest of the book of Acts, okay? You're in chapter 9, right? Just about the majority of the rest of the book is all about Paul and his amazing travels because God's got a plan. And he goes on four missionary journeys. I want to show you these four missionary journeys, all right? So, and, and, and you, you can just say, well, where, where can I get this stuff? You just Google it. Just say, the, where, uh, give me uh, Paul's missionary journey. You, you, you can do it on your computer. 
So uh, here's missionary journey number one. I want you to look at the screen and tell me what city did they leave from? Antioch. Everyone say Antioch. Now if you look all in the lower right-hand corner, you'll see Judea. You see Judea and Jerusalem all the way down there? Now why are they leaving from Antioch and not Jerusalem? You should know this. Because of the persecution, they've all left, except the apostles. And they left, and, and Christianity is now all the way up there in, in the north, in Judea and all up there in Samaria, because now uh, Antioch has kind of become the, uh, what's called the cradle of early Christianity. And it's from that city that they begin missionary journey number one. The first thing they do is they go out there to an island called Cyprus, and if you read Acts chapter 13, I believe it's verse 12, they, they, they went a guy to the Lord on that island. The very first place they stopped, they evangelize. And then they go up to the green area, and you can see at the very top it says Galatia. Galatia. And Galatia, later, they'll go back and write a letter. Paul writes a letter to the Christians that live in Galatia. It's in your Bible. It's called the book of Galatians. So he goes on this missionary journey. And he goes up there, and that whole area at the top of that map, that whole top area is today modern-day Turkey, if you want to know where that is on a map. It's all modern-day Turkey. Missionary journey number two. It also, we go to the next one. It begins in Antioch. They go back through uh, ancient Turkey. They go back through Galatia. But I want you to notice something. Now they go further west, and they go clear over into what's called ancient or modern Greece today. Now, if you, if you follow that red line and all the way up, see that Macedonia, and that's Corinth, and Athens, and Thessalonica, and Philippi. He got all the way up there, and the apostle Paul wanted to go east, further into Asia, and the Holy Spirit said, no, we want you to come over here to Macedonia. He said, go west. Everyone say, go west. Everyone say, go west, young man, go west. So go, go west, young man. So Instead of going east, he goes west, and now they're in that area that's called it's modern-day Greece. That's missionary journey number two. They end up going all the way back to Jerusalem and then all the way back up to Antioch. Okay? And in your notes, I want you to write this down. Uh, it, it says Acts 15. Do you see where it says Acts 15? It's supposed to be Acts 15 to chapter 18. All right? It's not all just chapter 15. It's 15, 60, 70, and 18. All right? I'm trying to sum all this up for you. Are you with me? Missionary journey number three. Let's go to the next map. And I want you to notice, he starts in Antioch, he goes back through Galatia, and he goes back kind of the same place he went before. Now, why would he do that? This time he goes 3,307 miles. It takes him three whole months. Why does he go back? Because he goes into this area, they started church, and now he's going back to check up on them. That's why he goes back. Let's go to map number four. I want you to notice on journey number four, it took 2,344 miles. It only took 36 days. Why only 36 days? Because most of it was sent on, he was on the sea. He was on the sea. And it's, it's easier taking a boat than it is traveling by foot up, up, up on a land. And some of that land was, was very mountainous when you go through Galatia, some of that area. And this is journey number four. And where does journey number four end up? Where does it end up? Rome. And all I want you to see is this. The gospel is going west. It, goes, it went first to Galatia, and then it goes into, uh, it goes into Greece, 
and now it's going into Rome, and see, eventually it goes into Europe, and it goes west, and then it came to the United States. Had it gone east, when he wanted to go east, many of you would not be saved here today. You're here today as a result of the Apostle Paul, the Holy Spirit said, come west, and it goes west into Europe, to Rome, to Europe, and then eventually to the United States of America. So those are the four missionary journeys. Now, in those journeys, there are many cities, but there are four major cities I want to touch on. And these are four besides the city of Jerusalem. Number one is Antioch. Write this down, the word Antioch. It all starts in Antioch. Those persecuted Christians established a church, and some of this might surprise you, it was one of the largest churches that have ever been built in Antioch. It was comprised not only Jews, but it was Jews and Gentiles living and working together. It was a multiracial church. That's how the church started, okay? In our world, we've divided it up and, and, and segregated it. But the first church there in Antioch, it was a multiracial church. It says in Acts chapter 11, verse 26, that it was in that city, Antioch, that the disciples were first called Christians. No one had ever worn the name Christian until Acts 11, verse 26. And it was in Antioch during a time of prayer and fasting among the teachers of the church that the Holy Spirit set apart Barnabas and Saul to do the work for which they had been called, and they would become the world's first missionaries and preach the gospel on the islands of the Mediterranean Sea and that region of Galatia, which today is modern-day Turkey. So these missionary journeys begin from that church in Antioch. And one day you come to church, we're going to have a whole study just on the church that was in Antioch. It was perhaps the best church that there's ever been. And again, you can read about that in, in the book of Acts. The second city that you need to be aware of is the city of Philippi. Philippi is important because it is the city where Paul wanted to go east and the Holy Spirit said, no, come west. And so the first city they come to is the city of of Philippi. And I have some things here. On the way to Philippi, they meet a young man named Timothy, a doctor named Luke. Together they minister at a church of women in the city of Philippi led by a seller of purple cloth named Lydia. They also exercised a demon out of a fortune teller, angered some local merchants. They were thrown into prison. They were freed from their bonds by a heaven-sent earthquake. And then they baptized the jailer of that prison into salvation. And the church, here's what you need to know about Philippi. It is the first known church congregation in the continent of Europe. And what's important is that the gospel comes west. It goes from the land of Israel. It goes to that land where is now Turkey. And then it goes into Greece. It eventually goes to Rome, on into Europe. And because of that, the gospel comes to America. And so that's why Philippi is important for you today. Uh, Number three is Ephesus, uh, the third great city in all those journeys. And you can see that map. It's modern-day Turkey. And look where Ephesus, it's clear on the western shore. And by the time the Apostle Paul got to Ephesus, Ephesus was already a thousand years old. The city was a thousand years old by the time uh, Paul showed up to Ephesus. The longest time he ever spent in any one city was Ephesus. He spent three years. When he was traveling, he stopped there for three years. And uh, when he left, he left the church into the hands of a really good guy. Because when he he left, 
he left it to a young man named Timothy. Timothy becomes the leader of that church. And that's when you read 1st and 2nd Timothy, Paul's writing a letter back to Timothy, who's in charge of the church there in the city of Ephesus. City number four, write this down, of course, is the city of Rome. No disputing that during the time of Paul's missionary journeys that the greatest city of the known world was Rome. After his voyage, they had the shipwreck in Malta. They finally arrive. When he gets to Rome, he discovers there's already a church that's there. The gospel has outsped him. And so by the time he gets there, there are believers already there in the great city of Rome. He lives there under house arrest for two years. And while he's there, people can come visit him. And he continues to teach them. And he also, while he's in prison, he writes many letters, which next week you will discover. Because this week we're looking at his ministry. Next week we're going to look at his writings. Because he wrote half of the New Testament. Tradition tells us that his ministry ended in Rome after he appeared before Nero to preach the gospel, and after that meeting, he was inevitably sentenced to death and then ultimately was martyred for his faith. Now, I have four truths. Truths number one, if Saul can be converted, anyone can be converted. We've all met people that we've looked at someone and said, you know, that guy will never, ever be, it's not possible. Back in Acts chapter 9, verse 21, we'll put it on the screen, when Saul got converted and they changed his name to Paul, there were some back then who didn't believe it. They said all those who heard him were astonished, and they asked, hey, isn't this the man who raised havoc in Jerusalem among who call on this name? And hasn't he come here to take them as prisoners to the chief priest? And all I want you to know is if, if Saul could be saved, anyone could be saved, and I want to take it just a notch further. It's the same thing. So if, if a guy like Saul can be converted, trust me, you also can be converted. And that's my prayer today, that anyone here today who's not a Christian, before they leave, they'll give their life to Jesus Christ. Number two, write this down. Number two, converts to Christianity should have a worldwide vision. The moment Paul was saved, his whole focus and demeanor changed. That he now wanted to to promote Christianity. He wanted the whole world to be saved. He goes on not just one missionary journey. He goes on two. He doesn't just do two. He does three. And then he does four. He wants to go to Ephesus. He, he wants to get to those big cities. He wants to get to Philippi. He wants to go to Rome. Why? Because that's where all the people are. He wants to influence the world. And I, I believe that once you realize, once it dawns on you, oh, that Jesus is the Messiah. Once it dawns on you, oh, 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 Jesus, he's my ticket to heaven. Once you fully understand that, you want everyone to have that ticket. If you were moved by Pastor Dudley's message tonight, we want you to know we have phone counselors standing by and ready to pray with you right now. Our number is simple to dial. It's 888-818-4777. Again, that number is 888 888- 818-4777. We are ready for any prayer requests or needs you may have. Ephesians 6 reminds us of the many gifts we have been given by God, and prayer is one of the greatest assets we have as Christians to fend off any attack by the enemy. So please don't hesitate to call us if you are alone and need to pray with someone right now. 
The greatest story ever told is more than just a cliche. God goes to great lengths to rescue lost and hurting people. That is what the story is all about. The story of the Bible, God's great love affair with humanity. Condensed into 31 accessible chapters, the story sweeps you into the unfolding progression of Bible characters and events from Genesis to Revelation. Using the New International Version, it allows the stories, poems, and teachings of the Bible to read like a novel. The story features a foreword by Max Licato and Randy Frazee and tells the story of a true God who loves his children, who established for them a way of salvation. Each story in these 31 chapters reveals the God of grace, the God who speaks, the God who acts, the God who listens, the God whose love for his people culminated in his sacrifice of Jesus, his only son, to atone for the sins of humanity. The story, the Bible is one continuing story of God and his people, can be yours right now for a gift of any size to the Lift Up Jesus ministry. Our toll-free number is 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. You can also order your copy of The Story directly from our website, liftupjesus.com. That address again is liftupjesus.com. If you're looking for a resource that will help make the Bible easier for you to read, then this is the book for you. Get your copy of The Story. The Bible is one continuing story of God and His people today. I'm Kyle Welch, inviting you to join us again tomorrow night at this same time here on KKLA as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley.